welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Good morning and welcome to Soul Revival Church at home. Uh, We are so thankful that you're here. Thankful that we got an opportunity to worship and celebrate God together. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this morning. I'm excited about all that God's doing and uh, how he wants to speak to us through this word that God's put on my heart for this morning. So thanks again for joining us. If you're in the room with some people, maybe give some air high fives, maybe some elbows, smile, give them the little wink and nod, uh, whatever you feel most comfortable with. We'd also love it that if you're joining us online right now, Say what's up in the comments section. Say hi to some friends. Let people know that you're here, where you're watching from, and joining us through this incredible time that we can celebrate Jesus. We are on week 18. So it's been 19 weeks since we were able to meet in person, and I swear I'm going crazy. In a good way, though. In a good way, because it's continuing to force me to draw near to God. But I miss seeing you all. I miss the time that we get to worship together. And for those of you that we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, we can't wait for the day when we get to do that. But, you know, you might have noticed some more decor behind me here. Got some nice flowers. Very, very pretty ambiance, right? (laughs) Uh, This past week, actually on Monday the 13th, we celebrated Melissa's birthday. So maybe say happy birthday, happy belated birthday to her in the comment section. She appreciated all the love and encouragement from so many of you. And now we got some great smells within our house. Some nice beauty to be able to look at. But none's more beautiful than Melissa Joy. I earned some points there, I'm sure. Men, go ahead. Say that to the special loved one in your life right now, too. Let them know how good they look. Even if they're in sweatpants, that's cool because that's how God created them. And I love sweatpants. But uh, again, thank you for joining us this morning. Have a little fun with it. Uh, but we're looking forward to stepping into week eight of our series, Outbreak. We've been going through the book of Acts and asking God to reveal to us what that can speak to us in our current circumstances. And there's so many similarities, but we want to be a part of not an outbreak of a virus or an outbreak of violence, but an outbreak of the gospel, an outbreak of people knowing and encountering Jesus Christ, that they can encounter the hope and love that only he can provide. And there's a verse that we're going to be reading from this morning uh, in Ephesians before we jump into Acts. Last week, I might have gotten that wrong a bit as far as where we were going to be, but don't worry. Trust me. You can go to Ephesians. That's where we will be this morning. Ephesians. We'll be in Ephesians 6. But uh, for those of you visiting us and joining us, or maybe you haven't cracked open a Bible before, if you've got one, awesome. If you don't, that's cool. We'll actually throw it at the bottom of the screen. But we want you to know that this is the Word of God that He used men through His Holy Spirit to write, to give us guidance in life. But it's not something that is a rule book on things you need to do in order to earn the love of God. Because that's not it at all. It is a love story about a God, a God who's created us for community with him. And he's also given us free will. And through that free will, mistakes were made. Sin entered into the world, which separated us from a perfect God. But he's been coming after us. He's been chasing after us. And that culminated through him sending Jesus, his son, to die for us. Jesus had always been there. Jesus was the word and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So Jesus came to be with us to pay the ultimate price. So this, this good book, the Bible, is the story of redemption. It's the story of love. And out of that outpouring of what God's done for us, we get to say, all right, here's how we can live differently. And he's giving us that through relationship, through his word. All right, so hopefully you've gotten there if you had your Bibles with you. Um, If you have the app, you were there a long time ago, like, all right, already reading ahead. That's cool but you didn't know which verse. (laughs) So we're going to be in chapter six, verse 10. And here's what it says. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You got to put that armor on. You got to get prepared and ready for battle for the enemy's schemes because he's got some schemes and he's trying to get at us. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, we so often think that we are in a fight, that we are in a battle with people, but it's not. The enemy would love to pit us against one another. It's not about a personal battle or a political battle. It is a spiritual battle. and We have an enemy that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But we get to fight back. And today we get to look at what is that? How do we fight back? Because it's critical that we do. And in doing so, we need to put on the full armor of God. You might be thinking, what is armor? What does that even look like? And when I envision, I'm thinking a gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> oh, classic. But you think of how those Roman soldiers, that armor that they put on, which was a reflection of it. And I've never put on that type of armor. I've never been in actual battle. But the armor that came to mind for me is I used to play football. I love playing football. Some of you guys out there right now are, are praying that football will still happen. Uh, there's a lot of information that's up in the air. They're not sure. They're going to go forward with it. Maybe they aren't. Those wives and girlfriends and friends of those who love football but don't love it themselves are like, please don't have football because I've had some attention lately. <laughs> I'm just playing. Football is a great thing for us to participate together with. Um, and, and it's fun. I, but again, I love sports, played football myself. And as I was thinking of the armor, I thought about putting on the armor, putting on the equipment for football because there are certain pads that you have to wear. There's things that you have to put on so that you can be prepared for a battle. Not only preparing with what you're putting on, but mentally being prepared for that battle in advance as well. And not gonna lie, you cut corners sometimes to make sure that you're taking best advantage and can be as competitive as possible. So for me, I played wide receiver. So sometimes you're like, oh, you know what? I don't need those hip pads or that butt pads. So I'll leave it out of my pants. Or those knee pads are bothering me. So I'm going to pull my pants as high as I can so the knee pads aren't actually on my knees, but they're on my thighs above it. But now I can bend my knees and I can run a whole lot faster. Some of you are tracking with me right now. Some of you are not. And I'm just letting you know, I'm giving you some insight. This is the way the athletes are thinking at times, trying to gain that edge, trying to get ahead. And now as a almost 35 year old man, I look back and I reflect on that like, man, was I dumb because I was trying to gain an advantage then. But now I walk around and randomly I'm like, oh, my hips hurt. My knees hurt. I'm feeling much older than 35 because of it, because I didn't always have the right equipment. I didn't have the right armor. on. And we got to think about things sometimes within our lives and say, OK, do I have my armor? On? Do I have my spiritual armor on? Because I don't want to cut corners. I don't want to find myself in a position where I'm not ready for battle where I can get injured in battle when I could have been prepared. So today, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. The title of the message is Revival Ready. And I, I joke a lot about taking notes, like taking notes, you get extra credit in heaven, which is a joke. Uh, but when you take notes, oftentimes it can really sink in a whole lot more. I know for me, that's what it does. So uh, this week, this Sunday, by the end of today, as we're watching it, um, if you took some notes, take a photo of it. Some people like to doodle on their notes, make it look really cool and creative. Take a, take a photo, post it, post your notes on Facebook or Instagram, tag Soul Revival Church and write hashtag revival ready. And we're going to hook you up with a free gift. Um, this was random. This was not planned, but I've got some things in mind that we can give out if you go ahead and share your notes because it might help somebody else too. Your note taking might be able to help somebody else. But again, the title of this message 
I'll give you a moment, those of you running to get a piece of paper out, because you like free stuff. I love free stuff. <laughs> so I'll give you a second, but here you go. The title of the message again, Revival Ready. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are in our midst, that you are here. That wherever we stand and come together, two or more, in your name, there you are also. So we can trust the fact that you are with us now, even though we are joining together virtually. God, you have a plan and a purpose far beyond anything we could fathom or imagine. God, I pray that right now you would meet people in their homes, in their living rooms, in their cars, in their bedrooms, wherever they might be right now, whether they're joining us currently or they're re-watching or re-listening to this later. God, I pray that you would be with them. God, I pray in this moment that you would help me to get out of the way, that your Holy Spirit would fill me and that it would be your words coming out because you have something to say to the people on the other side, that you have a plan and a purpose through this moment here. So God, I thank you. I am so humbled by the grace that you have continued to give me and so many others, God. I pray for those today who are going to make that decision for the first time, that they would encounter you in a way that's so physically tangible. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, outbreak week eight. <laughs> some people are like, man, this is my first week even being a part of it. That's cool. You can rewatch all of them. Um, but if not, that's all right. I feel like God has something for you through it anyways, because we've been going on this journey through the book of Acts, through the first church, and we've been exploring what it looks like to be a part of the outbreak of the gospel, that people can encounter Jesus for the first time and that it can reach spaces, his message of good news that it's not before or maybe again, but now having more revelation, more understanding for people as they encounter God for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. And last week, we were, we were able to dive into some kind of tough issues that we're facing now, that we're facing uh, spiritual issues that have been termed political and how we fight for one another and that within the church sometimes there can be some differing opinions or differing thoughts. But ultimately, we have got to come together in Christ. So if you missed it, go back and check it out. But what was happening in the church at that time, this new church, was that the widows were being overlooked of the Hellenistic Jews, and they called seven people to rise up and to be a part of that. And one specifically that they spoke of, and the first name that was spoken of was Stephen. And Stephen was somebody who was full of spirit and wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, which is why he was selected, because he was someone that when they looked at him, they, he modeled what it looked like to be in relationship with Jesus. So they called him to help lead, to take care of the widows, to ensure that they were being properly cared for. And we're actually going to pick it up right where we left off. So we're going to pick it up in Acts 6, in verse 8, is where we're going to be first. And it says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. So now he also has the grace and power of God. When you have the Holy Spirit living within, you're able to extend grace because you've received the grace that only God can give. But you also have the power of God dwelling within you. And we have the opportunity to say, God, I want to live that out. I want to live it out in my day-to-day -day life. And that's what Stephen was doing. And that's how they knew who he was. And it says, man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people opposition arose though. See, when God's using you to do things, opposition will rise up. There will be things that come against you, but that's why we get to look at what does the armor of God look like so we can be ready, so we can be revival ready. So opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. 
you might not feel qualified or equipped at times. And, and I'm right there with you. There's so many times where I was like, man, I, I don't feel like I'm equipped to be in this moment, in this position. But the Holy Spirit within you is like, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm going to speak through you. Just continue to, to come to me, to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And he will use you and speak through you in incredible ways. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Acts 6, 8 through 11 is what we were just reading. But here's the thing. We've come up against this a lot up until this point. We've seen Peter and John. He continues to go before the religious rulers of that day. The power in those communities who are telling them, you have to stop talking about who Jesus was. See, and now Stephen is somebody new. Another individual that is being pulled aside for the same reason. Because they anticipated that once Jesus died, over time, it would just taper off like any movement in the past. But that's not what's happening. It's continuing to gain momentum. The hope and love of Jesus is continuing to spread. So now when they're hearing Stephen and the miracles that are happening through him and the boldness in which he's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, people are like, we can't have this happen. So they start formulating lies the same way they did about Jesus. Then he's lying. He's blasphemous. He's speaking against Moses. He is speaking against the Old Testament. So they bring him forward, they put him on trial, and they stand him before all of these powerful people, and they start to ask him, what in the world are you thinking? What are you saying? Are you talking against who God is? And if you go to Acts 7, and you spend some time reading through it, Stephen, he preaches a message to these leaders, to these powerful people, laying out the Old Testament, laying out who God is and the people that he spoke through, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to the 12 that went from there all the way through Moses. But the thing is, they were living a law. They were focused on religion. They were saying, you need to follow these rules to be accepted, where oftentimes they weren't living them out themselves. And I think some of us can relate. Some of us may have been on one side of that where we claim to be Christians, but maybe aren't living it out, but that's okay. God will meet you where you're at. Redemption is there for everybody. Well, there's others of you who are like, yeah, that's the only thing I know of Christians is that they're judgmental. Well, the religious type of that day were looked at in, in that same way because they were just looking at, here's the law and you're not abiding by it and we get to rule the law and we get to judge you for it. But what Stephen did is he broke that out. He broke it up into two areas as he was talking to these powerful people. And he was standing there boldly, filled with the Holy Spirit because he had the power of God. He had a confidence that nobody could touch because it was a God confidence. Confidence that only God can give you in the moment as you are pursuing the purpose that he has for your life. And in this moment, as he's sharing it with him, the two areas that he's speaking to is one is, you're saying that everyone needs to come to your synagogue. People need to come to you in order to have salvation. But the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that God met them where they were at. And that's who Jesus is and what he represents is that we can meet people where they're at. And this reminded me right now in a season where we can't meet in a physical church and we're continuing to be reminded that the church is not a building, but a church is God's people. And through God's people, God's presence can be anywhere and everywhere at the same time because he wants to speak through you to change and impact lives. But they didn't like hearing that. But here's the other thing. This is what really got to him. The second thing that, that he really spoke to about him is that you're focused on a religion. 
You're focusing on people having to commit actions in order to have the grace of God. But he was speaking of the relationship and what Jesus can provide and showed it through the Old Testament, showing them what God's design actually was. And he was saying, look, time and time again, God came through prophets. He gave you words and he trained and guided us as a Jewish people. But we continue to kill those people or not listen to those people or cast those prophetic words aside. Prophetic words is speaking to God, putting a word on someone's heart, saying this is what you can expect in the future. And they continue to ignore them. And he's saying, now you're doing the same thing because right now what was prophesied over the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ coming to die for our sins. That has happened and you're ignoring it again and again and again. And it's because they didn't want to acknowledge their past. They didn't want to acknowledge the history that was there. And, And here's the thing. History that's forgotten is history that's repeated. Let me say that again. History that's forgotten or wanting to be whitewashed, we could say. It's history that we're going to also see relived. Now, look, I'm not speaking politically, and some of you might have seen where I'm going with this in this moment, but I think we're faced with a lot of that right now, even as we look at our nation. But there's things that we, some people would just wish to forget about our past, but then we see it perpetuate and be lived out again. But it's all rooted in sin issues. It's about fighting for injustice and saying, what is Jesus calling us to do in this moment? We cannot forget what's there because that's how we find healing. That's how we find restoration. God wants to reconcile the world back to himself. That can only happen through unity within the church, through people speaking out to say, this is who Jesus is and how he's called us to live. And they didn't like hearing about it in the moment. They got so angry and upset that they created a plan. They decided, you know what? I'm going to kill Stephen. And they're furious in the moment. And before they could do that, here's what Stephen said. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he's in, he's in a tough moment. People are furious all around him. His life is on the line. And he has the resolve to just stand there to be confident. And he looks up and he sees heaven open up. And he sees Jesus standing next to the Father. He's giving comfort in the midst of chaos. Some of you right now, you need some comfort in the midst of chaos. You need to know that it is okay. You need to just look up and know that God is looking at you saying, I'm with you. I am for you. I am not against you. That God's not the one creating what's happening, but for whatever reason, he's allowing it. But we have to have trust in God because he's with us. He is for us and he hurts when you hurt. Because he wants to provide comfort in the midst of chaos. And that's what happened for Stephen in this moment. He looks up as there's chaos and so in around him, he finds comfort in the Father. He looks up and he can see Jesus and okay, I know what this is about. This is a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. And he has a confidence in that moment. And he responds, he says, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So not only did he see something, but he said something. He said something that he acted upon. He saw that God was there, but everyone else, they they had spiritual blinders on. He's saying, I'm seeing the King of Kings right now. And I want you to know, I want you to look, I want you to encounter what I have right now. But unfortunately, their response is not the way that we would hoped. 
At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell to his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Imagine someone you love going through this in this moment that he is being stoned for his faith. And as he is being beaten and as he falls to his knees, taking his last breath, there's a reflection of what he says that is so similar to what Jesus said in his last breath. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And Stephen's response, Lord, do not hold this against them. And after he said it, he fell asleep. He died. He went to be in that kingdom that he was just looking up at. It is hard to have that kind of heart. You've got to have the armor of God on to be able to step into a moment like that and know that you are facing chaos. You are being ridiculed and criticized and still say, I'm, I am going to pray for you. And it continues in Acts 8.1. And Saul approved of their killing him. So he was not just saying, yes, I approve this message. Saul was, his approval was an excited acknowledgement of this was a job well done to kill Stephen. And it's heartbreaking that they had leaders in looking at it in that way. But on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. So this moment, Stephen's boldness now resulted in persecution that all Christians began to face. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Now here's the thing. You might look at it and say, man, this is a tragedy. And now people are being taken hostage and taken captive and being beaten for their faith. How can this be a good thing? But we cannot miss a very important part of this verse where it says, they were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. In this moment, Stephen paid the ultimate price. He became a martyr in that moment for followers of Christ because what he faced and the sacrifice that he had allowed the outbreak of the gospel. It allowed the good news of Jesus to spread to different regions. Before that, it was isolated in this space. See, God will take anything that you're facing and he can turn it to good. He can take anything that you're facing and turn it to good because God works the good in those for those who loved him and are called according to his plan. See, when you love God, though, and you're living out that purpose, you're saying, I'm going after what you've called me to, like Stephen did in this moment. He's going to use your circumstances to help impact and change lives. You might be thinking, you know, but that sacrifice, I ain't feeling that. I, I'm not ready to die for somebody. See, but that's why we need the armor of God. We need to be equipped and ready for battle. We need to be revival ready because through God, we can have confidence no matter what we're facing, no matter what the outcome is to say, you know what? I am ready to die. For those of you who just thought of Biggie's album, come back to me. 
but say, I, I'm ready for die, to die for what I believe in. Are you ready to die for what you believe in? And it might not come to that. It might just be other sacrifices. It might be friendships that you end up losing out on. It might be those places you used to hang out with that now you feel a conviction that I shouldn't go there anymore. There's a sacrifice when you start to pursue your purpose. But God will work things for good and he's got a better plan through it. And he wants to help things scatter. He wants to help continue to see an outbreak of the gospel. And he wants to use you to be a part of it like he did Stephen in this moment. And there were three things that stood out to me about Stephen and about his character that were incredible. See, because he was okay with being unseen. He was okay to tend to the widows. He didn't need a platform to know that he was living out his purpose. But when you're living out your purpose, God will give you a platform. When you're living out your purpose, God will give you a platform. That platform, it might not be a platform as a stage, but it might be through relationship, through conversation, through discussion, ways that you can bring awareness of who Jesus is to somebody else. But you have a purpose and God will give you a platform, but you've got to be humble. You have to be willing to say, you know what? I don't need to be seen. I can be unseen. Because God will work it. He'll work it together for you. It's not about your position, a worldly position of what is looked at as being accomplished or successful. But God wants to work some things through your life. See, and the second thing was, he was under siege. He was ready for that battle coming at him. But he was battle ready. He was confident in what God wanted to do in and through his life. He said, you know what? I'm ready to do this. He may not have known that battle that was ahead, but he was living out his faith because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he was ready to be under siege as he was standing there in front of these powerful people, but was able to look up and see the King of Kings on the throne and say, all right, I'm ready for this, God. I'm ready to be attacked. But he was also willing to be unsung, you know, unsung hero. At the time, I'm sure everybody knew who Stephen was, but for many of us now, as we read our Bibles and he's spoken of just through a couple of chapters, he's not someone that gets talked about a lot, but he was the first martyr for the name of Jesus that we know of, that we see recorded in the Bible. And we see that his sacrifice, the death, the painful death that he endured, God used it to spark a revival, to continue the outbreak into outer banks, into outer places, into regions that the gospel hadn't gone yet. He used the sacrifice Stephen made to do that, but he wasn't looking for credit. He was just living out his calling. See, and... You might be asking yourself, what does that look like for me then? How do we do that? How do I live revival ready? Am I revival ready right now? Do I have the full armor of God? Do I have that within me in this moment? What does that look like? Well, if we go back to the verse that we kicked off our message with in Ephesians 6, 10 to 12, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God. So he's given us this instruction because we get to fight against spiritual enemy not physical. But in verse 13, it continues, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, it will come. We will be faced with trials, but through Jesus, we can rejoice because we will have victory. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. I'm ready to stand my ground. How about you? I'm ready to fight some battles. How about you? I'm ready to stand my ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We have to stand 
with the belt of truth. This is our armor. This is where we put it on. So it's the truth that Jesus is who he says he is and he will do what he said he's going to do to say, I have that truth wrapped around my waist. The belt that holds things together with the breastplate of righteousness in place, protecting all of the important organs. I think of putting shoulder pads on as protecting my heart. Righteousness. Righteousness means right with God. You can't get yourself right with God. So don't sit there thinking, you know what? I need to get right with God. Or I'm going to get my stuff together and then I'll get right with God. No, you can only be made right with God through God, through the salvation, accepting who Jesus is and what he's done for your life. Then you will have righteousness. You will become right with God based on what he's done. Now, anything that you can do, that's freeing. That is so freeing. That is a burden you can lift up to say, God will welcome and accept me. All I have to do is turn around and accept his presence. And he is there for me. And I can be made right with God. And we need to stand in the confidence that we get in that moment to say, you know what? I can be confident that I'm right with God, that he's got my back, that he's on my side. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You got to get your cleats on. You got to have those spikes in the ground. You got to be able to gain traction. The only traction you can have is through the attraction that Jesus brings through his gospel, through his good news, because he is there for you and he loves you. And the truth about who Jesus is, that's what compels us to move forward. It is the foundation of what we need to speak, what we need to fight for, what we need to stand up in. It is the hope and love that Jesus is. Those are our cleats. Dig into the ground. Get prepared through that good news, through the gospel. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Faith, confidence in things hoped for and belief in things not seen. It's having faith. Faith can overcome fear because when you're afraid in a moment, you've got nothing protecting you. But when you pull up your faith, that is your shield that can take any arrow coming at you, that can protect you to say, I am trusting that God is there for me. My faith is what keeps me grounded and keeps me protected because the shield that's around me that nothing can penetrate. (sighs) With which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. You are saved through Jesus. You got that protection. Put that helmet on. Know that I have the helmet of salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Stephen stood strong with his sword. The word of God, he proclaimed it. The armor of God that we must put it on. Stephen had it on. He grew closer and closer to Jesus. He was filled with the spirit and with wisdom because he continued to grow in his relationship with Jesus. So he was ready. He was revival ready in the moment. Are you? Are you revival ready? Are you ready for that battle? You ready to take it on? You got to put on the armor of God and that only comes through relationship with Jesus. But we are better together. We have got to live in community together because as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another because I'm revival ready, but I want to do it. I want to do it. So revival, I want to do it as a family that together we can accomplish so much more than any one person can on their own. We got, we got a squad too. Revival squad is revival ready. Are you revival ready? We got to put that armor of God on. And then guess what happens next? We see the outbreak of the gospel. As we prepare ourselves and we know that we can step against anything because God's at our back. Because he is the foundation from which we stand. We can see an outbreak of the gospel like nothing we've ever encountered or experienced but we've got to be revival ready. 
as I'm reflecting and even talking at the beginning of our service of what services looked like when we met together, we had a revival rally. We had our team service that took place before guests would come in. So all of our servant leaders, volunteers, we would come together with our kids and we would have a time of worship. We would have a short devotion and we would get revival ready for the morning ahead about the lives that were about to be changed and impacted, praying in the presence of God. I miss, I miss those moments. But before, before we would head out, we would huddle up. We would huddle up, just like a football team will huddle up before the play, and we would bring our hands in. And on the count of three, we would say, revival ready. This might seem weird right now, and I, you know what? I don't even care. I'm ready to huddle up with you right now so we can see lives changed and transformed. And I want us to put our hands in right now. I want us to put our hands in right now. I don't care if you're in a public space, put your hand toward the screen. Even if you're not watching this live, that's cool because God knows, God knows the moment that you're having right now. But put your hand to the screen. Go ahead, I'm gonna wait. We all need to do this, be a part of it. There's people in the room with you right now, put your hand in the screen. Put it toward it, put it toward it, put it toward it. Bring our hands in, bring them together right now. Right now, and on the count of three, I want you to yell, Revival Ready. On the count of three, I want you to yell, Revival Ready. One, two, three. Revival Ready! Woo-hoo! Oh, I hope you're jumping with me right now in your living room. And if you think I'm crazy, that's cool, because I am. I'm crazy for Christ. And I want to be a part of a revival because we can see the outbreak of the gospel continue forward. To see lives change and transform the way that God has transformed my heart and my life. He has taken me from brokenness for being a terrible, unkind, unjust, unloving person. He has transformed my heart. And he does it time and time again. And you know what I love about this message and what was happening to Stephen? The sacrifice that he had while Saul, the one that approved of him being killed, he's the one that wrote Ephesians. He actually wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. Because of what Stephen went through in this moment, led it led to Saul heading down the road to Damascus. And we're going to talk about this soon, where he had an encounter with Jesus and transformed everything. So do not allow your circumstances to make you feel as though you're not deserving of salvation. Because the one who was ridiculing, pursuing, and killing Christians, pulling people out of their homes, mobbing them, and asking for permission to actually go kill more Christians, that's what he was headed to do. Jesus met him in a moment, transformed his life. So when we talk about the armor of God, Paul, who was Saul, is the one who told us about that, about what the armor of God looks like. He can transform any heart. So if that's you today, if you've never made the decision to say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus, today's that day. Don't allow anything in your past to prevent you from stepping into this moment. There's nothing that you can do to earn the hope and love that Jesus can offer. All you have to do, if you confess with your heart and believe with your, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's it. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. So right now in this moment, if that's you, just throw it in the comments section and say yes. We have a link there for you too. If that's you, click the link. Let us know. We want to come alongside you. As we said, life is so much better together. And we want to come alongside you in this journey to celebrate it. But don't miss this opportunity right now to say yes. Say yes out loud. If there's someone around you, say yes. Say I believe. Put it in the comment section. And God is doing special things in your life right now. And there's something about what God does internally when you make an external proclamation of what that is. It just makes it so much more concrete for you. 
So we would love it if you would share that with us now in this moment or share it with somebody in the room with you. Share it with a friend, text them, let them know. That person that always talked to you about Jesus before you never gave him the time of day, just let them know, I believe, shoot him a text. And I'd like to take this moment to pray with you. God, I pray for those who made that decision today. I thank you so much and we rejoice and we celebrate as all of heaven rejoices in this moment. And we pray that you would use them to impact more lives. We thank you that they want to give away the old way of life and step into a new restored relationship with you. Jesus, I thank you for the love that you offer, the salvation that you bring, and the grace that you give so freely to all of us. Lord, I pray that you would be with them, support them, surround them with people who can help them walk through this journey. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.